Our reading for the second Sunday of Advent comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 2, beginning with, with verse 2. Anyone wishing to follow along in the Pew Bible can please turn to page 773 in the Old Testament. In this vision of hope and peace, Isaiah proclaims a time when warring, warring nations will be drawn to the temple in Jerusalem, where the weapons of war will be transformed into tools. Let us listen to what the Spirit is saying today. The word of Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All nations shall stream to it. Many come, shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Je God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, that we may walk in his path. For out of Zion shall be, go forth instructions and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between nations and shall arbitrate for many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up swords against the nation. nation neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord. May God give understanding to all these words. Amen. Um, I hope those of you who have one have been enjoying our Advent uh, devotional booklet. Um, I know I have been. Uh, just a number of, I think, insightful considerations, inspiring stories, uh, just folks, just folks from church uh, thinking about the themes of this time of year and the scriptures that, that can apply. Uh, uh, maybe if you read first thing in the morning, you've already read uh, what Tom Wood had to write uh, about today's passage, about the passage that uh, Eileen just read. Um, he brings kind of a fresh eye. It was kind of nice to have a, uh, a young man uh, do that. He was reading from the King James Bible, so it says that God will judge and will arbitrate, but, but in King James it says God will rebuke. And Tom wondered about that. Rebuke seemed awfully harsh and uh, and Tom also wondered about this idea of beating something. It seemed awfully violent for a passage about peace, he said. If you haven't read it yet, I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler. Still read it, but here's his point, really. He said uh, when we read a word like beat, it isn't an act of violence, but rather it signifies that we need to work rigorously in order to make peace. Right? Tom says that forging something, hammering it from one thing into another, when that thing is metal, is hard work. Take some effort. Take some pounding, some beating, in order to get that thing from one form into another form. I think it's a great insight. 
Uh, human beings have a temptation to think that when we're choosing between antagonism and conflict and peace, that peace is the easy way to go. When the truth is that true peace, deep peace, meaningful peace, transforming peace is almost always harder to achieve than conflict. And sometimes involves some real energy. Appreciated Tom's thought and frankly changed the uh, passage I was going to use today because I liked what he had to say about that one. Right? I want to just, just, just to riff on it and continue that thought. Plowing is not an easy thing. If you have been behind a plow, whether drawn by uh, an animal or especially hand plowing, it is definitely hard work. And what you are doing is you are cutting into the earth. You are disturbing what is there in order to ready it for planting and for growth. It is not easy. And pruning, same thing, don't have a picture of um, one of the old pruning hooks that they used back in the day. I realize this was left over from last week because we, we cut some holly uh, for our greenery. It's up there on the communion table uh, back at the back. You can't see it. But uh, this is not a gentle tool. And it is not necessarily a gentle thing that is done with it. You are cutting things away, and if you do it right, you are cutting things way back on a given vine or a given plant to where only the basic root, the basic branch, remains. Pruning means cutting things away. That is not immediately something that we would see as peaceful, and yet these are the tools into which the tools of conflict are transformed. Tools that initiate hard work, but in a different way. So we take these metaphors. How do we see forging metal and plowing fields and pruning vines worked out in human relationships? What does that really look like in our lives? Some, some people would say that it shows up in the tension between truth-tellers and, in our particular concern, biblical truth-tellers and the desire that human beings have, quite frankly, to get along. The, the idea that peace is easier, the easier route, because it is the route by which we ignore some reality, some truth, in order to be nice. The truth is the prophets and Jesus do their fair share of rebuking. They hammer at the status quo. They are forging a new thing. Their regular ethic is one that uh, stands up for the oppressed, but does so sometimes by oppressing those who are overly comfortable. Uh, the words of Jeremiah are typical that those who are in need of comfort, who are in need of freedom, who are in need of true peace, are the alien, the orphan, the widow. Lillian Asamuga knows that because she is part of an effort in her home country of Nigeria called uh, Owen, uh, Orphans and Widows in Need, O-W-I-N. She understands that biblical image of the vulnerable, of the needy, of the ones who need advocacy, 
And so that is the word of truth-tellers in the Bible, standing up for those who are oppressed, comforting those who have been pushed under, and sometimes doing so with discomforting words. We can simplify their ethic a little bit this way, right? They are, they are calling out insiders, they're calling out the power structure for pushing down the marginal, for pushing out those people who are on the edges, for holding out those who might want to be included, might need to be included. People who hear truth-tellers may feel a little beaten up sometimes by their rebukes. But if we have somebody whom we consider to be a truth-teller, somebody who is presenting themselves, this is one of the best questions we can ask them is are they punching up or are they punching down? Are they addressing concerns of those who are uh, powerful, those who are above others in terms of the structure of society, or are they beating up on those who are farther down in the process? Are they beating at barred doors in order to let people who've been excluded be included, or are they bullying those who are weaker than themselves? Are you punching up or are you punching down? Are you hammering in one direction or the other? So that is one way we might see the hard work of forging something new, of hammering something out, of beating, transforming one tool into a different kind of tool that leads to a kind of peace, right? Is this the thing that needs to be hammered out? Is it our social structure? Is it that word that comes to us from prophets, from our Lord? Letter to the Ephesians says we need to speak the truth in love. Now there's some hard work, right? Because so often we neglect one or the other, don't we? We want to be loving and so we don't speak the truth. Or we speak the truth and it comes off as unloving. Hard work. Some would say it's a different kind of hard work. It's not necessarily a social process. It's an inward process. Some might invoke the psalm that invites uh, inward truth, inward inventory, inward exploration, the, the need to be open to a, a wisdom inside ourselves, a new perspective from within uh, the desire to establish an inner purity so that our outer life might be more godly. Is this what needs to be hammered out? Our inner life, less a matter of social justice, more a matter of personal spirituality? Is this the hard work of peace? Does anger need to be pruned back to its root? And what is the root of anger? Some have suggested that it's fear. Does resentment need to be plowed under? Is the song right that peace on earth begins with me? Is that the struggle? Is that the thing we seek to forge, to hammer out? There is a similar caution when we talk about 
uh, social justice, we ask, are people punching up or punching down? Are they addressing people who have power or are they beating up on the powerless? We can say the same about ourselves. There is a human tendency sometimes to beat up on ourselves where we are already wounded, already weak, don't need any more uh, beating, and yet we can, we can look to ourselves and what we perceive we lack and just pile on. There needs to be caution, I think, when we address our own inner lives. But the flip side of that is that sometimes we are not willing to do the hard work of breaking through the habits that keep us prone to turmoil, prone to difficulty, prone to struggle. Are we hammering out the right thing? Are we just deepening our wounds, or are we really looking at the places where we need help, where we need change, where we need to forge something new? Whether we are more socially focused, or whether we are more individually focused, and it's a false dilemma, isn't it? Because we need both. We need a sense of inner peace. Our world needs a sense of outer peace. But whichever one it is, Isaiah and Jesus and others would not want us to forget that the standards are God's and not ours. It's so easy for us to stand in judgment of others and of ourselves, but that is not the point. The question to really ask ourselves is, how is God reshaping us? What is God seeking in our world? What weaknesses is God looking to strengthen? What cruelties is God looking to weaken? Where and how is the hard work of peace happening in our world and in our personal lives? I won't belabor it, but this season, we understand, this season offers us images of where we will find God year-round. And I think helps us see the areas where the hard work of peace can be done, the directions in which we go. This season gives us an unsheltered family needing a place, just needing shelter. The good news that they represent is first announced to those who are literally and figuratively marginal to their world. Those who are out on the edges are the first ones to receive the good news. And the story lets us know that it is aliens who come to worship come seeking that light that is represented here. And our story lets us know that at the very center of it all is this remarkably vulnerable, helpless, wondrous, beautiful life. So who can beat that? 